Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Time now for the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. We got a situation in the studio right now. Uh, Matt Rocchio is logging into the desktop computer in front of me. Mm. Very 1990s. Yeah. And uh, trying to open up the Air Comfort Service text line. And I'm using a different headphone jack because the one nigh mic four is not working. And so we're playing a bit of a game of Twister here. Yeah. Watch this, boy Twister. Mm. I, I think people don't understand how much volume Matt Rocchio's hair has. It doesn't might not come across on the radio, but I mean, I well, could. How would it? Exactly. Like I could put my hand through what there and, your it get, and it would get stuck. Oh, the text inbox is up now. Sweet. Thanks, Matt. That was fun. We were all twisted up. Two South City guys twisted up in Creve Corps. Yeah. Friday tradition. Show. For tra- Friday tradition here on Balloon Party. Welcome in. It's Balloon Party. It wins awards left and right for one-hour midday radio shows. You are welcome to get involved by texting in 65780. Highlights on the MLB Network as I look over Jackson. And uh, it's the Brewers walking confusedly back <laughs> into their clubhouse after losing 4-2 to two to the Marlins yeah. in a must-win set of circumstances. Meanwhile... About an hour or so away at Wrigley Field, the Phillies lost their fifth straight to the Cubs. So we don't know who the Cardinals are going to play, but the two teams they would most likely play a week from today, Jackson, are dueling it out to not play in the wild card series against the Cardinals. At this point, the Padres are getting to a point where they could clinch the fourth spot. Fifth spot? Fifth spot. Nurse, thank you. Uh, tomorrow, I guess, theoretically, mm-hmm. they could. It's probably not likely, but hell, who would have thought that the Cubs and Marlins would beat the uh, Phillies and the Brewers when they're in a must-win situation? This is usually the time of year, by the way, from a wagering standpoint, where you can get real nice and fat on the teams that don't really have a whole lot to play for and the teams who do have something to play for, but that did not hold true in the National League Central, rank the Cardinal potential playoff opponents one, two, three, go. So one being the most difficult, three being the least? That's correct. Uh, One, Padres. That's correct. That's the correct answer. Two, Phillies. Three, Brew Crew. I would agree with that. I think one is obvious, and then it's just a kind of a coin flip in between. Yeah. It's just a matter of which starters you don't want to deal with. Here's the, I'll tell you something, because you might be kind of in the mindset that minus the retirement festivities for Molina and Pujols, and maybe kind of for Wainwright, maybe not, I don't know. Uh, this weekend, there isn't really a whole lot doing. And then those of you who are interested in the bobbleheads, and my guess is the line will be um, for Saturday, out to Wentzville. It's going to be crazy. For these bobbleheads. Uh, that there isn't really much doing. There isn't much doing with regards to the Cardinals. But it is a great thing for the Cardinals if the Phillies and Brewers comes down to the last day. Right. Cause that they, is a wonderful thing because right. they can't order their rotation. Yeah. Would Burns pitch on that Wednesday? It just I'm, depends on what their situation's going to yeah. be. I, I know mean, that, is a, that, that's a, that, that is that is awfully tight. It's about as tight as it gets to yeah. half game. Yeah. That's. Uh... Yeah, and and then you're getting guys who are coming off of 
it's either good for them because they're kind of battle tested, or they could be depleted in a sense. Well, if if you just can't use them, that's right. the issue. That's, that's even and and if they pitch on Wednesday, then theoretically, if they're pitching on Game Three, if there is a Game Three on Sunday, then they're doing so um, on short rest. So this is this is something to monitor. I, if you're locked in on the Cardinals and Pirates and the outcome, I don't really know what to say about that. But uh, you know, I'm going to be locked in on Missouri and Georgia, and I'm sure many of you go, I don't really know what to say about that. But I will be. Jackson is going down there uh, tomorrow, and uh, you said uh, you think it's uh, your time finally with a member of the Tri-Delta sorority. (laughs) No, no, I'm going down. Tomorrow's You're the older, wiser guy coming back to campus, an HD2 radio star. Yeah, it's it's a big homecoming for me. But uh, no, tomorrow's a business trip, Tim. I'm there for one reason, one reason only. Oh, what is that? history. Are you a drug mule? I'm going. To, I might wear a suit to the game because that's that's wow. That's the kind of business I mean. You believe the Tigers are going to shock the world tomorrow at 6:30 p.m. on ESPN, wearing the all black, yeah, sharp uniforms. Uh, you know, Theodore and beat the 28-point favorite Georgia Bulldogs, number one team in the nation. Yeah, uh, Jason Sudeikis, who plays Ted Lasso, said, "I believe in belief." You know what? I second that. Oh my God, that's the most powerful thing I've heard. If if you don't believe, then what do you? Why are you, why would you even go? You gotta believe. There's miracles out there to be had, Tim. And uh, Columbia on on a on a Saturday evening will be. This is going to be a new thing for the Georgia Bulldogs to witness Columbia on a Saturday evening. It'll also be new to most of the players. But I think that uh, you could see some special if they don't go down 35 nothing in the first half. Would you feel better if they were wearing gold pant? No, I'd feel a lot worse. <gasps> I'm anti-gold pant, have been for years. Wow, ask uh, KU in 2007 about gold pants. Ask Oklahoma number one in the BCS standings in 2010 about gold pants. And now you better ask yourself about gold pants. Ask the recruits about gold pants. What, the ones that go to Alabama? <laughs> yeah, the other schools. <laughs> Ole Miss, yeah. Tennessee. A lot of Big Ten schools. Uh, guys, did I just hear that preppy douche is wearing a suit to a college football game? That's from the 636. I, I was of using... course, little Ledoux is going to the game. His daddy probably got him tickets in the luxury suites. That's from the 314. And is Jackson taking his jet there? Are you taking a jet to Columbia? It's not a real long drive, but I know you can't be troubled with traffic. Right. No, we're going to take the chopper. Oh, you got to have a chopper. I didn't know you had the chopper. Yeah, and we're just going to land... They actually have a little uh, helipad. Helipad? Yeah. You say helipad or helipad? Helipad. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, so I'm just going to land right there and walk right in. Uh, I won't be wearing a suit. That was a little bit of hyperbole, but I'll be there supporting the Tigers. Fight, Tiger. Uh, Cardinals and Pirates this weekend. A gala for Yadier Molina, Albert Pujols, maybe Adam Wainwright. I don't know. How, I'm, I'm asking the audience this question. Tell me if tell me where you are. And I'll start with, with your thoughts on it, Jackson. The Cardinals are a week away from the playoffs, but it doesn't really feel like it. And I, my only th- explanation, and maybe I'm in the minority on this, by the way, but I think it's because there's really not been any form of a pennant race. Right. How you think of September is when you go into the postseason. It's, oh, we're scoreboard watching, and if anything, you're, you're box score watching for Albert Pools and the home runs. That's what it was. For a time, the Paul Goldschmidt watch. But it's, oh yeah, a week from today, game one of the playoffs. You know it, don't know the time, don't know the opponent, but you know 
the Cardinals are playing game one of the playoffs a week from today. They have three final home games. I mean, Albert Pools and Yadier Molina may have five more games at Bush Stadium. Yeah, it's crazy. You might not like to hear it. I'm not trying to spread bad news. I'm just telling you what the floor is. That is the floor. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I wonder, like, because once Pools hit 700, it's almost like, all right, and then wake me up when the playoffs start. In a sense, for a portion of the fan base, you got football going on, the weather's really nice. And like you said, there's no real pennant race and no real race for, you know, they clinch the Central. So it kind of feels like, all right, like, you know, we'll when the playoffs start, we'll get going. But, yeah, I don't know if it's necessarily going to be real until, like, Wednesday of next week. That's when I feel like it's going to be like, all right, let's lock in. Yeah, I think when you know who it's going to be, yeah. and then you also have an idea of what the matchups are going to be, I'm anxious to see what they decide to do with the rotation. Yeah, that'll be that'll be interesting. Um, do you, and they can kind of play with their last couple games on how they're going to do it. They can, and they can also do it based on who the opponent is. I mean, at this point now, you... Again, it's not done, but the Padres being the Cardinal opponent is starting to trend into the single-digit probability realm. Um, And so the Cardinals would have a pretty good idea that they're going to be facing what can be described as a lefty-centric lineup in either the Brewers or the Phillies. Yeah. So if that's the case, does that increase the probability of... I don't even know which direction you'd go because Quintana's been outstanding. He's been rock solid this past couple weeks. And who would have thought that he could be the game one starter in the playoffs? But that could be the case. But is it just Miles Michaelis and you just know it and you're like, I don't care about the righty-lefty thing? I would tend to go Michaelis in game one. He's just been the horse this year. You give the ball to him. But I, I would hear, like, I understand arguments for Quintana. He's a hot hand right now. And eight days ago, Dan McLaughlin was on, and he was talking about being Montgomery. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I really don't know if there is. I I guess at this point, if we were to, maybe I'll do a Gallup poll on the Twitter tweets. I like a nice Gallup poll. Yeah, yeah. Who would you like to see the Cardinals start game one of the wild card series? What do you think the results will be in order? Go. Michaelis would get the most votes. I would say... Probably Montgomery will get the second most, and then it's a coin flip between Quintana and Wayno. I think it will be Michaelis. This is the votes. Now I'm not saying I think this will right, happen. Right, 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 right. So I, you got to you got to understand your voter base. Yep. So I'll say it'll be Michaelis and Wainwright neck and neck for one. Interesting. Yeah, but, but I know the voter base. Right. I think the voter base will think of Wainwright as he was before the month of September. Mm -hmm. And then I think it'll be Montgomery, and then I think it'll be Quintana. And I'll probably get a couple thousand votes. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that's right, but I think that's where the fan base is, because I just don't think fans have been paying that close of attention to the Cardinals as a team, because there hasn't been much of a pennant race, and they've been paying attention to Albert Pujols in the pursuit of 700. So I just don't know if people are hip to the struggles that, Wainwright has had. Montgomery's had some issues. Is Jack Flaherty even in the mix in any capacity? Probably not. I wouldn't expect it. Is he bullpen? Yeah, and voter base also. He wouldn't be getting On Twitter? Yeah, he wouldn't be getting many votes. So, uh, yeah, I'll do that during the commercial break. On the other side of the uh, break, the Colonel, Gabriel P.D. Armand, will join us uh, to talk about college football in Missouri taking on the number one team, in the nation. It's presented by James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency. That's coming up next. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. 
We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. The Balloon Party with Tim McKernan live from the Car Shield Studio on 101 ESPN. It's time to talk Tigers football with Gabe DeArmond on PowerMizzou.com. Brought to you by James Carlton State Farm. James Carlton will donate $20 to the Mizzou NIL Collective for every quote they give you when you say 101 ESPN. Welcome back, Balloon Party, 101 ESPN. Timothy Michael McKernan. Jackson, Bennett, Bennett, Burkett, the text line, friends of the feather. Very understandable. They're uh, they're wonderful people. Wow. What? Wow. What? I'm, I'd like to distance myself from that uh, real quickly. Good morning. You're listening to 101 ESPN. ESPN. Uh, Tim McKernan with you here. And uh, earlier in the segment, Jackson, Bennett, Burkett made a a condescending remark about the people who are supporting our show by listening to it with a flippant remark that they are, quote, wonderful people. Uh, On behalf of 101 ESPN, Jackson Burkett is merely an employee of the radio station and does not speak for, most importantly, me or anybody else, which is less important. I'm more so an underling. You know, I just come in and try not to break anything, and I've failed. That's on me. From the 636, I feel attacked. Good, you should. Let's see if we can cancel Jackson this afternoon. Oh, that'd be nice. Uh, We'll get to work on that uh, after we talk it over with the Colonel, brought to you by James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Gabe DeArmond with us on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Uh, Gabe DeArmond of PowerMizzou.com. Colonel, I can't get a hotel in Columbia unless I want to spend $400 for a Drury Inn. All due respect, that's not in the budget. So I was wondering if I could uh, have a sleepover tomorrow. Uh, no. no. <laughs> I, uh, I, I'd also like to say I want to be no part of a show which is condescending and sarcastic to its uh, listenership. I, I don't you. identify with those things at no. all. Thank you. Good. No, that, that's <laughs> not your brand. Exactly. Good for Gabe. Jackson is on his own island with these condescending remarks. Colonel, I, uh, I heard Mike Kelly talking on Tiger Talk uh, earlier this week that there is a the talk of a sellout this week. Is that uh, is that still live? Yeah, supposedly uh, it was like upper fifty thousands uh, tickets sold uh, as of Wednesday night, and you know, of, of course, as soon as you tweet that out, the immediate response is, "Well, it's going to be forty seven thousand Georgia fans." <laughs> Speaking Whatever. of being condescending to our audiences, <laughs> the, the whole, if the state, if every seat in the stadium is full for the first time since two thousand eighteen, that would seem to be a good thing to me, but. <laughs> Just disenfranchised is all get out. Well, I uh, I would love to see Missouri compete with Georgia tomorrow. Um, yeah, that'd be fun, huh? <laughs> but but I just I can't I can't figure out how they would be able to score enough to do that. So I, I we asked on one of our shows earlier this week, like what letter grade of a game would Georgia have to play for Missouri to have a shot? Because obviously, if if Georgia plays an A game, Missouri's losing, right? So is everybody in America. But where do you come down there? Georgia has to play a what game for Missouri to have a shot? My honest answer is F. I said I said probably D plus. You know, like uh, that. If Georgia plays D plus, Missouri plays like an A game. I think it's they've got a shot. But 
but more important than that, honestly, I, I just want to see a team come out and actually attempt to play its game. I, I mean, I felt, I, I've thought more and more about this throughout the week. I thought last year's game against Georgia, I mean, it was 43-6, to six, and Missouri fans honestly came out of that game feeling like, hey, that was pretty good. That you is know? true. That is true. I do I remember that. from the opening snap last year, Drinkwitz just played not to get beat by 60. That seems to and, be something he does every once in a while. See the Texas yeah, A&M thing it, last year. Like, I'd like to come out and empty the playbook and run your plays. I mean, this is – I understand Missouri and Georgia are not on the same level in any regard, but this is a team in your conference. This is a team in your division. If you're just going to sit there and go, well, we got no shot to compete, I mean, hey, the fans can say that. You and I can be on the radio and say that. But that shouldn't be the attitude of the team coming out on the field. Go, go at least take a shot. If you get beat by 60 points, who really cares? Yeah, a loss is a loss. It would be lovely to see some kind of a fight uh, from Missouri tomorrow night. It will be on national television on ESPN. The Luther Burden story certainly uh, got most of the attention this week from people who aren't even Missouri fans wondering what's going on and uh, whether or not uh, there is a health situation, if there is an I'm irritated with not getting the ball situation. So a couple of things on that. Number one, uh, just for the record, for the audience's purpose, Purposes. The colonel makes it clear he doesn't spend a lot of time on uh, 18 and 19 year olds Instagrams and then try to deduce what they are thinking based on what they do on Instagram. So I'll tend to that for you, Gabe. And then secondarily, you said uh, on Monday when you were on TMA, if he is not healthy, it would be beneficial to all parties to to talk about that, because right now people are just theorizing this makes no sense that you have this top rated recruit and he's not getting the ball. So they did talk about the fact that he's not healthy. He's questionable, listed as questionable earlier in the week. And then Luther Burden came out with his Instagram statement or Twitter statement saying that he is uh, he is not going anywhere and the best is yet to come. So with that all established, uh, your thoughts on the Burden saga here since the loss at Auburn? Yeah, there's kind of two parts of it. I mean, the, the injury thing is I, I commend them for saying, hey, he's not 100%, but then you get into this gray area of is he hurt or is he injured or what because he's questionable for this week. But he played in the second half last week. I mean, he, you know, had I, I counted, I watched the whole second half. I think it was 11 offensive snaps. They threw the ball to him a couple times. Um, obviously, didn't complete him, but they did target him. Uh, he was back on punt returns. And even though Eli Drinkwood said he wasn't supposed to return it, I mean, to me, there's a healthy enough to play and not healthy enough to play. And if he was healthy enough to play last Saturday, what would make him not healthy enough to play this Saturday? You know, it's a. So it's a tough situation, and people got mad at me. They said, well, you said they should come out and say if he's hurt, if he's hurt. And they did, and yeah, they did. Um, but there's still just a lot we don't know about that. And uh, so that's the first part. The second part is I went through every freshman, every true freshman receiver in Power 5 football plus Notre Dame yesterday. He's actually second in the country in targets, fourth in yards, and second in all in tied for first in touchdowns when you include all-purpose yards. That includes punt returns, rushing attempts, all that. So the idea that he's not getting the ball um, or not getting opportunities, I think, is actually not true. Um, you know, I think comparatively Riley speaking, comparatively speaking to other true freshmen, to other true freshmen, and I understand he's the number one receiver in the country and all that. But some of these other guys, I mean, the number two receiver in the country last year plays for Arizona. He's got eleven touches for two hundred yards which actually both those, they're all receptions. So receiving, he's ahead of Luther. But but all told, he is behind Luther. I, I mean, 
it just goes back to what we talked about in the summer. When a kid like this goes to a place like Missouri, there's a different level of focus and attention, and it's not really fair to the kid. Uh, I mean, we're seeing Dominic Lovett in year two has gone from a guy that people said, well, why don't he get the ball more to leading the SEC in receiving? It doesn't happen for everybody week one. And so some of this is on Eli. He has to find easier ways to get him the ball and all that. No question, he shouldn't go a game without touching the ball. But some of it's on Luther, too, and just, you know, adjusting to this level. He's playing for the first time against guys who are probably as athletic and as good at football as he is. And that's never been the case before. So there's a there's an adjustment that has to happen. And the easiest way I've, I've said it is I'm going to make a conscious effort to for going forward to write about Missouri football and Luther Burden, not Luther Burden and Missouri football, yeah. because I don't think the latter is fair to anybody. And if fans want to do this, Hey, this, this is the, what's good for this kid is more important than what's good for the team and all that. They can do it and you can't talk them out of it. But to me, it just has to be a, hey, Missouri offense thing. I mean, if, if they compete with Georgia tomorrow and Luther Burden doesn't play and Dominic Lovett and Nate Pete go out, great. Uh, cool. I Like how many times Luther touches the ball then becomes secondary. This is also partly a story because they're not any good on offense. So, uh, Gabe, a final question for you. Uh, we have both covered Missouri, albeit it's been a long time for me being down there on a regular basis, and you're now there on a daily basis, and I know the coverage and the ability to get close is, uh, is much different than it was uh, back in the day. With that said, can you get a sense for the mindset of Eli Drinkwitz, the coaches, the players, and where they are? Because, as I think you would agree, the mindset of the fan base those who are passionate about Missouri football is is super low right now, and the casual fan uh, doesn't even pay attention. I think at this particular point. So, uh, what what are you seeing inside the program? Well, it's tough to know because, like you said, as as little as we're there. I mean, just from what they've they've said all the right things, and you know, Drinkwitz is he, he said a number of times over the last two years that progress is not linear, and he's right. Um, he said, you know, the the first step was being competitive, and then, hey, they they've been competitive in some of these games, and now the next step is kind of finishing and learning how to win. And uh, he's right, but also that step needs to to happen. It, progress isn't linear, but it kind of has been the last three years, and frankly, it's it's been results wise, it's gone backwards. I mean, they were five and five the first year, six and seven last year, and. Look, the, the trend line is is not promising for six and six or better this year. I mean, I, I can't really come up with a with a path to get to six wins for this team right now. So, I think that's the concern more than any more than any individual game or anything. Is I just look at a program and that I've got a kind of a hard time making an argument is better than the one he took over. Gabe DeArmond, you can read more of Power Mizzou, all the coverage tomorrow and tomorrow evening and throughout the weekend at PowerMizzou.com. Gabe with us every Friday here on 101 ESPN, presented by James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency. Colonel, enjoy it, and uh, don't uh, don't be scared if I knock on the door tomorrow around uh, midnight looking for a place to stay. I mean, I may not be home by then. I think my wife will be a little um, baffled and probably won't answer the door. Wow. That's a shame. That's a shame. I mean, it'd be like having George Clooney knocking on the door. That's Seriously. what I that's what I've been told.
<laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that you're able to maintain that positive out. Thank you. Look at that. <laughs> and that is how the colonel handles things on Power Mizzou. Thank you, Gabe. <laughs> All right, guys. See you. Well, there he is, uh, the Colonel Gabriel P.D. Armand of Power Mizzou, brought to you by James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency. Coming up on the other side of a commercial break, the Little Piddles Friday Six Shooter. Woo! Not- notably unsponsored, as it doesn't seem like businesses around the St. Louis area, or nationally for that matter, have said, oh, the Piddles Six Shooter, let me ride those coattails. I just have to make that observation. Well, it, that comment right there is not helping anything. <laughs> Oh, no, what I'm telling you is it's out there and available. Yes, that that's the headline. So, you know, call us. We're ready for it. <laughs> Little Piddles Friday Six Shooter. Probably something to do with Missouri's uniforms. Uh, coming up on the other side of the break. Also a lot of Cardinal questions in there as well. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back, Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan with you for another half hour, 24 minutes to be specific, because I am uh, I'm a steward of the clock. Today's been good. Wow, look at you. Yeah. You kind of said that with like, oh, I can't believe it. <laughs> oh, he hit a fairway. Wow. <laughs> uh, before we go to the little piddle six-shooter... Um, I put the Gallup poll up on the Twitter tweets a few minutes ago. Already with, uh, how many votes do we have here, Jackson? If you voted? 330 votes Ooh. on the Gallup poll. What do you think the people have ordered? So I'm going to say Michaelis. Yep. I'm going to say Montgomery. Yep. I'm going to say Wainwright. Yep. And I'm going to say Quintana. Michaelis won mm. 50.3% of the vote. This is at T. McKernan on the Twitter tweets. Uh, Quintana, too. Wow. People 20.9%. People paying attention. Adam Wainwright, 3, 15.2%. And Jordan Montgomery, 4, 13.6% of the vote. So Michaelis with a comfortable lead. And then it is tight for 2, 3, and 4. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I guess I under, and well, the Montgomery voters will come in later. But, uh, oh, is that right? They're late risers? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Boy, you know these voting patterns. It's one of my it's one of my many traits, right. but uh, I guess people yeah, Quintana's the hot hand, so people are riding with that. And in the playoffs, the hottest hand usually fares the best. Uh, so you can go vote at that at uh, Team McKernan. All right, it's time for the Little Piddle Six Shooter. Pew 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 uh, pew. And uh, well, I just looked up at the the text inbox, Jackson. Screw your NBA updates. Nobody gives an S. That's from the three one four. Also from the three one four. Nobody cares about the NBA. Way to pay attention to your audience, turd. Uh, that NBA update is a new low with an update on a Japan exhibition game, even for you, Jackson. Well, one half of the Splash Brothers won't be out there. It's from the 618. No, I'll be able to Wow, Piddle, surprise you didn't announce the Blake Griffin signing, you pot sets from the 636. And can we get the Las Vegas Aces to sponsor the six shooter? I can give them a call. <laughs> All right, it's time for the Little Piddle Six Shooter. Are you going to ask the questions, or we still do the thing where you send them to me and I read them? Well, if you vamp for a second, I can pull the questions up. Well, it's going to be a fun weekend here for St. Louis sports fans as the Cardinals host the Pirates and say farewell to Yadier Molina and Albert Pujols and maybe Adam Wainwright as well. And, of course, down the road in Columbia, Missouri, 
the Tigers will shock the top-ranked Georgia Bulldogs, and everybody who takes Missouri plus 28 will be handsomely rewarded, but not as handsomely rewarded as those who take the plus 1,300 on the money line. What a weekend in St. Louis sports. Jackson, it's time for the Little Piddle Six Shooter. Woo! All right, I got it up. With the Cardinals uh, playing their final six games against the Pittsburgh Pirates, yes. three in St. Louis, three in Pittsburgh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and really nothing to play for, truthfully. Mm-hmm. How many wins will the Cardinals have in their last six versus Pittsburgh? Uh, the honest answer is I don't care. I don't know if they care. I will say three. Yeah, I was going to go three and a half. Okay. That's where I'd put it at. So three you and an a over half. Under, so now you got to win by betting four. All right, I'm with you. Yep. Uh, who will be the Cardinals' first round opponent in the wild card series? The Milwaukee Brewers. Wow. I was going to say the Phillies. When you got a team losing that many in a row. Yeah. And and losing against the opposition they've lost to. That's 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 a that's a dangerous death spiral. Now, right. of course, that means the Phillies will be lifting the world championship trophy <laughs> here in six weeks. But uh, it, it's going to be Cardinals and Brewers, Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 2011 NLCS rematch. Yeah. That was a boy. I did not like that Brewers team one bit. I really. Niger Morgan. Of like, if I'm ranking teams, it's I really one of the disliked. worst old takes exposed tweets of all time. Yeah, God, I I really really disliked. The, they did the little the monster hands every time they got to second. That's They'd right. Shake the the dolls. It I really think. wasn't much of a sweat in that NLCS. The Cardinals lost game one, and then they won the next four or five, and that was it. Yeah, and Freeze was killer in that yeah. series. He was incredible. He in got series. hot in game four of the NLDS and never slowed down. Yeah, that was a that was a that, and that was almost like the World Series for me. Once they beat the Rivers, I was like, yeah, that's a victory in my eyes. Uh, all right, next uh, this is the third bullet in the six shooter. Cup. Uh, who will be the starting outfielders for the Redbirds come next weekend? Oh, God, it's not easy. I don't know if they play matchups. I don't know how they handle this. Yeah. It's really, that's, I'll tell you what, you want to talk about unique. You have the unique individual accomplishments going on, the retirements. But what is really weird, how often have we had ever, actually, so we can go back to some of our older listeners with teams in the 60s where you go, well, the Cardinals are about to start the playoffs. I have no idea who will be in the outfield. Literally no idea. Like, no I mean, you can, you can, of course, name the people who would be options, but as far as going, well, these people will be in the outfield with certainty, I don't know if I can say it. <sighs> I guess Dickerson's in there. Wow. I guess, I guess they would have Carlson in there. Yeah, that's he was my center fielder. I guess, but I don't know. I mean, when we had Dan on last week, he's like, I don't know if you're going to have him in there. And well, I mean, I, certain, I get the hesitation. Uh, the O'Neill health situation is, you know, one day it's this, the next day it's that. I mean, is Yepes in some capacity involved? Certainly the hottest hitter in the outfield they have right now. Um, I would say personally, like if O'Neill's healthy, it'll be o- well. O- yeah, if he's healthy, right? But right. that's that's the that's the question. So operating on that premise, and you gotta bet it. O'Neill and Carlson, I would say, are in there. Agreed. And then it just gets into a matchup situation. Also, what are they gonna do with shortstop? That's a that that question is the more pressing one. That's the one that could tilt Cardinal fans. If it's if Paul DeYoung's yeah. in there and they're not scoring runs, that would and understandably they would be worked up over it because Gorman got sent down for having right. But the Memphis season's over, so now he can go back to I I don't know. It, this is in order for the Cardinals to really go 
past the NLDS. Somebody we are going, boy, I don't even know if he's going to play, is going to hack. It can't just be Goldschmidt, Arenado, and Edmund. Yeah, it, it just can't. It can't be it can't. unless the rotation goes off. Right. And which is more likely? Like, that's the thing. Is like, whether, and, I would think that somebody else is going to step up offensively. I mean, O'Neill would certainly be one that you would consider. It's just there's a health situation there. I don't know. I mean, it's a, the odd field is quite a situation. Yeah, I would Once s- the season is over, that is a topic to discuss. And I see Carlos Correa is opting out or likely to opt out in Minnesota. He said, if you want the, this product, you can come get it. <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds like... If you were to read read between the lines there. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and, and Dansby Swanson is going to be available too. I mean, there's a lot of options the Cardinals could make uh, for shortstop next year. So and I just I don't see how they could go to Young again. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see, Tim. Uh, the next, uh, this one's kind of like uh, another bullet and then one left in the chamber because it's a double question. Mm. Will Missouri score an offensive touchdown against the Bulldogs? What odds would you put that at? Wow, I see that's a that's a kind of college football question or NFL gambling question I can really dig deep into. An offensive touchdown. Yep. I will say fifty percent. Fifty percent? Yeah. I'm gonna go less than that. I'll say thirty five percent. The offenses look dreadful and Georgia's I yeah, they gave up twenty two points to Kent, Kent State. State. Last yeah, weekend. that's fair. But then uh you could say that they worked that game, you know, they got that game out of their uh, their system, and uh, now they're ready. I mean, they're front line alone. My my thought on it is somehow Missouri is going to get into the end zone, maybe a turnover mm-hmm. deep in Georgia territory. Yeah. And some guys left open because it's 35 to nothing. Yeah, maybe they take their foot off and the cast. It's like, uh, whatever. Uh, so I will say 50%, and then therefore if I were to bet $100 on it, I would be paid 200 yeah. on the play. Yeah, I'd say it's probably like around like. Did I put the Bengals minus four in Predictionary yesterday? Did we talk about it on the show? I feel like I talked about it in my FanDuel. We did. I I know. I I bet it yesterday, and uh, that was that was the the under and the Bengals were the the sharp plays yesterday. Well, we're just a bunch of sharps in here. That's a hundred percent. And then the final one. So this is really the seventh bullet. But uh, wow, extra value for the sponsor. Serious. I mean, this is just what you get with the little pills. How about my family sponsors it? Ooh, that'd be wonderful. McKernan family presents the Lil Piddle Six Shooter. Hey, they don't ask how, they ask how many. Uh, my final question is, what is your favorite bet for this weekend in the NFL? What is your fa- what's, what's something um, that interests you? You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be like, you know, put all your money or it doesn't have to go in predictionary, but what do you see out there where there'd be some value? Why don't you tell me what yours is as if I'm interested so I can buy time? Ooh, now that's a good question right there, Tim. I like... This week, I like the Ravens. They're getting three points uh, against the Bills at home. I love that play. I love the Ravens getting three points at home against the Bills. The Bills, people are going to be like, well, they're coming off a loss. You know, they're going to come out ready to play. But the Ravens are really, really good. They've been good at home. Ravens plus three. Ooh, I'm going to counter that by taking the Bills minus three. Ooh, all right. We got a little head to head show. You want to put 20 bucks on it? Uh, Yeah, sure. All right. Well, there, there it is. is. So I'm laying three. Yep. Yeah. Boy, I hope it's a push. <laughs> well, why wouldn't you want to win? I mean, why wouldn't you hope that the, that you win? Oh, it'd just be more fun. It'd be more fun. Well, how's that fun? Everyone keeps their money. <laughs> All right, we got that out there. I got Ravens plus three. Tim's got Bills. The McKernan family would like to cancel its sponsorship of the Lil Piddle Six Shooter. That's a shame. We right? really felt like we were experiencing sick return on investment up until Piddles hoped for a tie. 
It's going to be awkward because I already cast the check. <laughs> uh, Tim, Mizzou wins. Money line. Let's go. It's from the 636. Can you even take Mizzou money line? Yeah, it's plus 1300, which oh. doesn't seem like a great value. Yeah, that sounds with. awful. But that's what it is. Tim, what a weirdo. It's from the 636. Uh, be more specific. Yeah, because, I mean, that could be any of us. Yeah. Hopefully Either not us, Gabe. Nurse. Hopefully not Gabe. Uh, guys, I like the Chiefs over Tampa. And that game is going to be played in it's Tampa. It's going to be in Tampa, yeah. That's uh, a surprise. Uh, well, Tampa didn't get the brunt of it. That is the uh, is that the Monday night game or Sunday night Sunday night game Sunday night, Sunday night game. game. That's gonna be a great Sunday night matchup. Tampa minus one. Really, Tampa's minus one. Yep. Chiefs. At that point, you just put it on the money line, but that the Chiefs off the bat. I, I bet a lot of public is gonna be on the Chiefs in that game. Uh, anytime you have a high-powered offense, they are a team of the public. That yeah. is the way that it works. Probably why you're on the Ravens, if I had to guess. Right now, they seem like they're an offensive juggernaut. So the Bills. Uh, Bills only scored 19 against the Dolphins. Dolphins defense know how to make some turnovers. Don't sleep on the Dolphins defense. All right, there it is. Piddle's giving you some knowledge for gambling this weekend, uh, so take the Bills. There it is. That's, I'll put that predictionary, too. Oh, I feel like, okay. predict- wow. I feel like predictionary this is... This is bold. Yeah, I just think the Bills are in another world. Oh, I, I do. Know. I think the Bills are crazy good, but when you're get a, a team's getting points at home, automatically, I think. I, hey, listen, I understand. I understand. I respect everything about your opinion, minus you hope that we tie. I'm confused by that. Candidly alarmed. Uh, it's time for us to take one final commercial break, and then BK and Ferrario take over at the top of the hour. I'm Tim McKernan. That's Action Jackson, and this is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's a new riff, bro? Or yeah. is my headphones low? There it is. It's a new riff. New riff? Yeah, I just I cut it the other day. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Now we're Sick. getting into it. We'll just transition to music. Let's play music. Many in the audience have suggested that. Yeah. Probably minus do. the recommendations for termination of the program. Uh, speaking of which, I'll be back on the fast lane on Monday. Woo! You going to go gauntleting again? I guess they have if to the pick If the people you. want it. Yeah. I didn't realize how seriously some people take that. Oh, yeah. yeah. That that was like a big thing that I lost. Yeah. yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I am upset that I lost. But there are a lot of people who are really happy that I lost. Yeah, I bet. There's some schadenfreude out there. So I'll be back on uh, Monday with Anthony Stalter and uh, Marshy Marsh and his playful posse. And, uh, yeah, if if I'm selected by maybe like an Epiphany graduate this time, (laughs) uh, I will will try to ratchet it up. Yeah. I thought you guys were great on Wednesday. Yeah, I thought you guys were great. I thought you guys were really. Can't tell what you're doing right now. (laughs) I thought you guys were great. I thought you're. There was some witty repartee, and I thought the takes were good. I enjoyed listening. Would you like to join? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if I'm here, and you guys like, I can't tell if that's what you're angry. It's like when Iggy brings up Casey '95, and he was mad that I had been on with Learn, and you had been on with Learn, and then he finally just got to the point where he cornered AD of the morning (laughs) show, and said, "Hey." Morning show or bus, bro. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, kind of hijacked. So, I mean, is that what's going on here? No, I trust me. I think the one-on-one listeners hear plenty of me. I don't think there there are really people out there begging for more piddles. Um, but that day will come, and when that day comes, I'll be ready. 
The NBA Hour with Jackson Bennett Burkett. You you joke, but if that happened, people would not only be informed, but educated and entertained. Uh, You asked a wonderful question here, but I just don't have the time for it. But maybe I'll set it up for a podcast, or maybe we'll do it next week. Sure. Hell, I don't know. Um, Here's the deep tease, but I agree with it, and I was going to expound, but then I looked at the clock, and I go, well, here we are. It's (laughs) 10.55. But uh, just to kind of set the table, I was having a conversation with a friend about this concept. Do you really have these conversations, or do you say you're having conversations with friends? Because oftentimes these these big-picture questions start with, I was having a conversation with a friend. No, I seriously was. It actually was Gareth. And... uh... Jackson's friend, Gareth. Yeah, my buddy Gareth. And uh, we actually did that. And that's how some of the questions I, I write. Are from Gareth. Well, they're from conversations I have with friends. And I'm like, you know what? This question would be good on Bloom Party. All right. The question is, one of my opinions about society in 2022, especially around sports, is that we have a tendency to hate on or discredit greatness across sports. Examples of this would be two athletes I view as polarizing, LeBron James and Tom Brady, two of the greatest to ever play their sport. Another example came to light when Albert was on his home run chase, and the narrative across some parts of the internet were that the ball was juiced or he himself is juicing. Do you agree with my assessment? If so, what do you think the genesis of it is? Finally, do you think all this was happening for years and social media gave everyone a voice? So I know about the Albert Pujols stuff, but I didn't know that people try to discredit LeBron James or Tom Brady, honestly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, they, the Brady thing is cheater, deflated balls, LeBron is— Deflated balls? Are there really people, like, who use that? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, well, and then Spygate, Tuck Rule. There's a thousand different things that people say with Brady. And uh, and wow. I, think, I think this whole thing with him and his wife is another uh, part of that. And with LeBron, his ring that he won with the Lakers in 2020 and uh, when he left Cleveland, there's so many things where people try to either discredit or just generally hate on those. Well, LeBron thing I thought was more about when people would say Jordan or LeBron. Yeah. LeBron or Kobe. That's part of it. The Brady thing with him and Giselle, I mean, you know, it's about them both being attractive people and her being a former, current, I'm not sure her model status, you may know, supermodel. Right. So I think that's what it's about. And, uh, you know, but, but I, I, I guess I disagree with the premise, but maybe I'm wrong that, that they are discredited by people. They're, I, cer- they're certainly polarizing. Like people have really big opinions on them when really— I don't, know if, I don't really feel like they, that people, like, hate Brady Ooh, as I much. Know. I mean, I'm sure there are. I'm not saying that they aren't. I'm just saying I didn't think that that was even a real thing. And the LeBron thing, I think, goes into politics at times, kind of like what we see here locally with Jack Flaherty, but then it's covered up as I don't like the way he pitches or he wants to be in L.A. somehow, something he's never said, but whatever. It's become Twitter truth, and once it's Twitter truth, God help us all. But it has. And with LeBron, I don't think people say he's a bad player, but I don't think they would say, I want to take Michael Jordan over LeBron. That's the kind of conversation I hear. Yeah, and, I don't, and you're not incorrect in that sense, but I think that those, like, I think if you were to do a poll, a Gallup poll, about, like, polarizing players, I think those two would be at the top of a lot of people's list. But that comes with greatness. You exactly. can win the presidency and have, you know, 80 million people vote against you. Right. So it, it that that's that's kind of the cost of doing business. Sure. If you're going to make a lot of money or experience a great deal of popularity in whatever field you're in, you are also going to experience hate. Yeah. And then you have a choice as to whether or not you want to continue to deal with it or 
or if the juice is worth the squeeze. But I, I don't I don't see them as that. I, I, but maybe I'm off on it. Maybe I'm LeBron. I see more than Brady. Sure. But maybe a decade ago, Brady would have been in that category. Right. And I think of LeBron first things is his the championship they won in the bubble. People, that's the number one thing they love to discredit. And yeah, I don't even think about the championship they won in the bubble. I, I I actually think it's harder to win in that situation, but that'll be safe for the NBA hour. With little Jackson pedals. Bennett Burkett's <laughs> NBA hour airing yeah. at 3 a.m. on Wednesdays. I take that time slot, by the way, Ryder. I hope is. you're listening. Well, there it is. Jackson showing his cards. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, BK and Ferrari up next. I'm sure they will carry over the discussion on the Lakers championship in the bubble right away. I, I, if they don't, it's a miss. Yep. Uh, time for us to shut it down for Axon Jackson. I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.